Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Brown Bag. Today, uh, we are going to pick up where we left off with the Certified Kubernetes Administrator Series. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll just appear in order uh, on the playlist, hopefully. Uh, if you're watching this live, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're kind of doing this out of order. We you know, kind of just are shooting them when we have availability it's towards the end of 2020. And we're fitting this one in so we can get the entire playlist out the door before 2022 arrives. Uh, just a reminder, this is where we are in the series. This is uh, episode eight of nine, troubleshooting. Like I said, recording it is out of order, but if you're watching this after the fact on YouTube, you have no idea until I mentioned it just now. Uh, but before we get to the CKA goodness, for those of you who are trying to study up for the Certified Kubernetes Administrator exam, just a few quick notes. Um, we do have multiple shows in different languages and different time zones. You can see the Twitter handles here. Uh, check them out if you're interested in joining any of those other ones. But regardless, we want you to join in on the conversation today. So if you're watching live, feel free to use the chat or Q&A, or you can tweet us uh, at vbrownbag and use the hashtag vbrownbag to make this interactive, ask your questions, uh, you know, heckle cat, whatever the case may be. Uh, but, you know, with that said, uh, since I mentioned her name, I'd like to introduce Katarina Brookfield, our presenter today, who's going to cover troubleshooting. Say hello, Kat. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to get out of the way and let Kat present. But before I do, I'll just introduce myself. I'm Ken Nalbon at Ken Nalbon on Twitter. I host uh, V Brown Bag with a bunch of a crew of other wonderful folks. Uh, if you feel like you have something that you want to share on V Brown Bag, some new tech you're getting into, uh, just get a chance to maybe practice your public speaking around something technical related, feel free to reach out to us. You can DM me at Ken Nelbon or the V Brown Bag account at V Brown Bag on Twitter and let us know. We'd love to hear what your ideas, your topics are and get you out there and get you some exposure for free. Uh, with that said, I'm going to now stop sharing my screen and I'm gonna turn it over to you, Kat, and let you be the star of the show. Okay, let me just quickly share. Okay, let me just. All right, we see your screen. Yeah, but uh, can you see my presentation? I think it only shared one screen. So I can yeah. see um, just the, yeah, I can see the PowerPoint. Uh, it's not in presenter mode or anything. It's just in the normal PowerPoint okay. window. Perfect, uh, let me just start it. Yep. Okay. Full screen now, you're good. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you very much um, So, uh, for introducing me. So for those who don't know me, my name is Katarina Brookfield. I am a principal technologist in the office of the CTO at Creative ITC. I have started my Kubernetes journey um, in, I would say, June this year. Um, I've also decided to sort of live blog what I was doing while I was learning. So I do have um, a full blog series on my website at vecti.io that you can go and check out. Um, I'm very active on Twitter. So if you want to reach out to me, I'm there at, at Mrs. Brookfield. And <clears throat> why am I talking about this? Uh, I have just recently passed my CK a few weeks ago. So it's still very fresh in my memory. Uh, one short disclaimer, I seem to have caught a really bad cold, so my voice may be going throughout this presentation, so I will try to make it uh, without completely losing my voice. Um, when it comes to troubleshooting, I will not go through the theory of things because this has been covered by this fantastic series before. It will be really just talking about, you know, what, what are the common issues, what are you looking for, how would you troubleshoot that? 
And I have sort of split it into two main sections. So the first section looks into troubleshooting of your cluster and your nodes. And then the second section will talk about how do you troubleshoot your pods, your applications. Um, I do not have many PowerPoint slides, uh, don't worry. Uh, we will do a lot of uh, demos just to uh, show what we should do. So as I said, so we'll start with the notes um, and we'll do some basic checks. So I have prepared a, uh, an environment for this, just a very small cluster. It has one master, one worker node. Um, so I can demonstrate some of the common issues that you could see. So when it comes to your cluster, um, I'm sure you're all very familiar with the, with the uh, you know, commands. Uh, but the first thing you would, you would do in any cluster is to just check your nodes. So you would just do kubectl get nodes. <clears throat> this will give you a list of your nodes in your cluster. Now, very important thing to note for the CK exam is that the exam actually consists of multiple clusters. So you always have to be sure that you are using the correct context. Luckily for each task, they do give you the exact switch context command in the beginning of the task. So just make sure you take that and put it into your terminal. It's the terminal is great and it's very easy to follow and work with. Um, so it's very easy to follow. Just make sure that you are really looking at the correct cluster, especially when you're troubleshooting the tasks. So now <clears throat> to start with our first scenario, for example, so I, I've just, uh, on my master node, uh, I have just listed my node. And as you can see, I have a master node that's ready. And then I have a worker node that's in a not ready status. This means that something is wrong with this worker node. So we will need to go and troubleshoot and have a look what that may be. So <clears throat> on this side, I have already SSH'd onto my worker node. So because I want to <clears throat> do some changes uh, on this node. Uh, I will just elevate my privileges. It's the first thing I do just to make it easier. Um, and a few things I want to check here. So in my setup that I have deployed, uh, I'm using Docker as my container engine. So as a first thing that I could check uh, is just to make sure that my Docker is running fine. So because it's, it's a service, I will just do system uh, CTL status Docker. And I can see that my Docker engine is running. Uh, so it's active, it's running, and it's enabled. So we know that that's fine. But now the other very important thing, as we know, is Kubelet, which is the agent that needs to be running on, uh, on our node. So that would be the other thing I'll check. So I'll just do systemctl status, and I'll do Kubelet. And as we can see with Kubelet, it's actually, we can see it's loaded, it's configured. It seems to be pointing to the, to the right location, but we can see two things here. First of all, it's inactive, so dead. And the other thing is it's disabled as well. So we need to fix that. So again, I'll just go out and now I'll do systemctl start uh, So I have started the service. The other thing we need to do uh, and ensure is that when this worker node restarts, this service will be started automatically. So I will also enable the service. So I'll just do enable kubelet. And as you see, uh, can see, it created a symlink. So now I can just exit this just to go back. 
Um, well, actually, let me just quickly do, I can just show you that the status of Kubelet is now changed to active and it's changed to enabled. So I can now go back to my master. And if I do the same thing, it may take a while, so don't worry. But as you can see already, after I've started the Kubelet service, um, my worker is back in the ready mode. So it is not ready, it's ready. So that would be sort of, uh, you know, the first thing that you would look for. Now, as we can see, it is ready, but it still wouldn't allow us to schedule any pods in it. The reason for that is that, as you can see, the scheduling is disabled. So what we can do here, what, what that would mean is, for example, if somebody was doing maintenance on the, on the node um, and they drained it, um, so scheduling got disabled, they forgot to uncoordinate. So that's all we need to do now. So we just need to uncoordinate. Uh, okay. So we have now uncoordinated the node. And as we can see, now both of our uh, nodes, the master and the worker, are in a Reddit state. So these, I would say, would be the basics. Now, moving forward, um, your node can be in a ready state, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it can schedule pods. There are certain concepts called taints that can stop pods being scheduled on a certain host. One thing I would definitely recommend for the CK exam is to be very familiar with the documentation. You can access this during the exam. Uh, and it's also very handy if you want to just double check things. So in this scenario, we know that, oh, I know there is something about taints. Um, you can just go to the documentation and, and just look for taints. The search is really effective and go to taints and toleration and you can read about what taints do. But in my, in my example, what I wanted to show you is that because as I said, this is a fresh, uh, freshly built uh, cluster. I have a master and a worker. Master nodes are by default tainted to not schedule any, any pods. Um, so if I would want to check the taint, I can just do kubectl describe node uh, master. And if I just scroll through my uh, describe just a little bit higher up, you can see a section that's called taint. And as you can see on my, on my master, there's a no schedule taint. Just to compare this, if I would do the same on the worker, um, sorry, if I would do the same on the worker, if you go under taint, there are none. So, uh, there are ways of removing the taint. So first thing you could do, uh, if you just have example, if you have two nodes just in your sort of like lab and you want to be able to schedule pods on both, you can just very easily remove the taint um, from, uh, from the master. Sorry. <coughs> I apologize for that. Um, All good, take all the time you need. Ah, 
I'm very sorry for that. Uh, I will try to make it through this. Uh, so you could, you could remove the taint or you could also um, do tolerations in your definitions um, to be able to schedule pot. Uh, <coughs> I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so <coughs> the other thing we could we could check here is sorry. Just give me one sec. Ah, okay. Um, the other thing we can check when it comes to system services are um, things like API. Um, server and DNS. These run in our pods in our uh, cube system namespace. So we could check the status of those pods. So again, if I would just do uh, kubectl get pods, <coughs> uh, I wouldn't be able to see these resources because they are not in the default namespace. In order, if you wouldn't know the name of the namespace that you are looking for, you can always do kubectl get namespace and you would see all of the default namespaces uh, and the system namespaces that are created so what we want to do is we want to do get pods in namespace cube system oh, sorry cube system <laughs> and here we can see our system uh, pods and their status that they are running um, in, so this is another indicator that everything is running fine. And one last thing that I would cover with the nodes uh, would be how to check if uh, any of these pods are having any issues, any errors. So what we can do is we can just get logs uh, of these pods. So I would just do kubectl logs. Um, and for example, if I would want to look at the API. <coughs> oh, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, I did not define that it's in the uh, cube system namespace. That's why I wasn't able to find it. So I can just uh, go through the logs and see if there are any errors or anything that we would need to address. So uh, I'm sorry for going through it quickly, but hopefully that gives you enough um, information of the things that you should look uh, for um, when you are troubleshooting Node. So just to recap the Node section, first thing to check is your Node status. Are my nodes ready? Are, is scheduling enabled? If they are not ready, um, it's very likely that some of your Kubernetes services are either stopped or not working properly. So if you SSH onto the node that's not ready, you can do a status on the services. Again, you can check, it, check your container runtime. In my example, it was Docker. Make sure that it's running. And also very importantly, you can check your kubelet. Make sure that it's running and also that it's enabled. So those are the most important things you would be looking for. Then if you have any other issues with scheduling or you're trying to determine whether the host is able to schedule pods, um, look for taints. Um, again, uh, by default, masters usually have scheduling disabled. So if you want to compare this, just do describe uh, and have a, have a look. And then you can always check the pod status uh, of your system pods. 
as I've described and showed you, and then you can always check specific logs uh, for these spots as well. So that was just for the node section. And then we will move to the pod section. Sorry. Okay, so now we get to, let me just exit this uh, so it doesn't distract you. Okay, so now we have our pods. Um, so if I just do kubectl get pods, at the moment, I don't have any pods defined. So I will create a few pods just to guide you through several scenarios that you know could happen or how you would troubleshoot certain issues. So I have pre-created some YAML files, so you don't have to watch me, you know, type them. Uh, but we will start with a scenario that's pretty basic. So I have created this Nginx pod definition. So as you can see here, it's a very sim uh, simple pod definition. It will create a pod called Nginx. It will run the Nginx uh, name, Nginx image, and it will expose it on port 80. Now, on purpose, what I have done here is I have uh, put an extra character in the image name just to make it invalid. So if I will now go to kubectl create f nginx, you will see that I'm able to create my pod because the definition was correct. But if I now will do, uh, if I will now get my pod, you can see that that the pod is not ready and it's in a status uh, image pullback off. So it's having issues getting the image. Um, I have ju just to explain, I'm sure most of you are familiar with this. I have set an alias for a kubectl because I tend to um, mistype it. Um, if you want to do that, it's very simple. You just do alias k equals and then uh, you'll do kubectl and that sets it. So we now know that, okay, this pod is not starting, it has some issues. So what I can do now is kubectl logs, nginx, and this will give me the logs of the, of the pod that I've just tried to create. And as you can see, I will see that the error message is error from server, um, uh, image can't be pulled. This is because I used an image name that basically doesn't exist. So the so this is checking logs directly. The other thing you could do is again you kubectl describe uh, pod and um, and Gmx. <clears throat> and in here this gives you a description of your pod, everything you have uh, defined. But there in events you will see. Um, you will see here that it failed to pull the image because, because it doesn't exist or it may require login, but we know it doesn't exist. So if I would want to fix this, um, I could delete the pod, change my definition, you know, and recreate it, or I could try to edit the pod. So, sorry. <clears throat> I would just do a kubectl edit pod nginx. 
And this shows me um, uh, my definition of the pod that is actually running. So what I would have to do here is modify it. So I will just press I to get into insert mode. And in the container definition, so, <coughs> sorry, uh, as you are working with specs under container definition and with your image, I will just remove the number two. Uh, and now I will just quit thing. And you can see my Nginx pod has been edited. And now if we did it properly, we can see that my uh, pod is not running because we have fixed the, the issue. So that was the first scenario. Um, just to show you something, you know, simple that you can check. Always make sure that, especially during the exam, sometimes you just have to create pods uh, to, uh, to do other tasks. Uh, what I would recommend to do, you could either use, um, you know, imperative commands to just create simple pods, or what I find personally uh, very helpful, again, documentation is your best friend. For example, if you want to create a pod, you need a simple definition, just look for pods within pods, just if you scroll down, you have a very basic pod definition that you can just copy and paste into the exam. Uh, so that's definitely useful. Um, okay, so that was scenario number one uh, in our pod section. Uh, now I have scenario number two. And for this one, I have created uh, another definition. So in this case, we are creating a simple pod uh, that will run a busybox uh, image <clears throat> and all the busybox will be doing, it will just run a command, you know, on loop that will just echo hello, be brown back. Uh, so let me just get out of here. So I will just create this pod. Okay, I do that. You can see that I have my busybox that is now that is now running so what i can do again there are two things i can do here so i can do describe pod busy box and uh in here again i can see my definition of my pod and um in the events i can see that it was successfully able to pull the image because it was cracked and that it created the container everything was fine so now, if I want to see if my command is working properly, I can just do kubectl logs. Um, and now I will just do busybox, which is the name of the pod. And as we can see, it is running and it is on loop echoing, hello, be brown back. So we know that our second scenario is working uh, fine too. So kubectl logs is very good uh, command to be able to go and see if your commands are working properly. And now, <coughs> sorry, uh, for the third scenario, I have created another definition. Um, so I will show you. For this definition on purpose, I'm using a multi-container um, uh, pod. So I will have two containers running within one pod. The pod name will be multi. I have just two, again, very simple, one Nginx and one Busybox. And in this um, scenario, I have my busybox command that's running on loop 
and is um, just echoing, um, you know, a text to a location. So if I get out of here and I create this, okay. So first of all, every time I create a pod, I just make sure that it actually got created. So as we can see, my multipod uh, has been created. I can see my containers, two out of two, because I have two, are running, everything is fine. <coughs> so now, another thing I want to show you is the ability to work within your um, pods or containers. This is very helpful if you are troubleshooting your applications, you are trying to see, you know, what, what is wrong if, uh, for example, if you're outputting something to a certain location, uh, you are able to go into the pods and see if, if it's actually there. So I will show you two ways of interacting with them. So the first thing we can do is just, if I just do kubectl exec, <coughs> sorry, kubectl exec multi, and then I will uh, just pass through my commands and let's say I'll do ls. So you can see that it just did ls within my pod. Now, one thing to, one important thing to remember here is if you have multiple containers in your pod, you can see in here, it defaulted to the first one. So in, in this scenario, it defaulted to the Nginx out of the two Nginx and Busybox. So if you are trying to look into a specific container, you have to define it. So I'll just add uh, C for a container and I will do Busybox. Now we can see that we are in you know, the, the correct uh, location. So we were outputting this to temp folder. So we can see that in our temp folder, we do have test.log. And just to make sure that it's doing what we told it to do, we can just cat that file. So if I just do cat temp um, test.log, uh, you will see that my message is in that log file. So it has completed this successfully. And now just to um, show you another way of doing this, as you uh, have seen with exec um, and uh, dash dash, I was sort of just passing through my commands that I wanted to run. There's also a possibility to run an interactive shell with your with your containers so the the last bit i would want to show you is uh, very similar to this one so it would be kubectl exec multi again i'm going to my busybox uh, container but the command is std in um, tty and then I pass in that I want to go to my bin uh, uh, shell. So this command will allow me to open an interactive shell within that container. So if I now do things like, uh, you know, echo hello, it will do hello. If I do ls, I can see my folders. I can go into my temp folder and again, uh, we see the test file, uh, the test log, so I can just do and open the test log 
and I'm able to do this. So this is very useful again if you have more commands if you are troubleshooting rather than passing through a single command at a time, um, it is useful to be able to go and open an interactive shell. Now, if these commands seem like something that would be really hard to uh, you know, remember, documentation is your best friend, as I've said, but there's one particular um, uh, documentation part that I'm sure has been mentioned before, and it's called kubectl cheat sheet. <clears throat> And if you open this, it has all of the most important commands that you would have to, you know, know and work with. And if you just search for exact, um, you can find the exact um, command definitions with examples and also explanations of what they do. So as I've shown you, these two, uh, you know, the first one was just run a command in existing pod. And then here you have your interactive shell access. So with uh, pods, again, just to summarize it all up, um, first things you want to do is check your pod status, see what's going on. If there's any issue, you want to describe your pod uh, to find uh, out more about what could be wrong. If you um, are looking for certain logs, for example, any warnings or anything like that, you can use kubectl logs to go in there and find those specific things. You can also use all of the, you know, the standard Linux commands, uh, you know, to grab through your log files if you're looking for, for example, if you just want to list all of the errors that you have, you would just do, you know, pipe grab error and get those out. That's very useful. And then um, you can execute commands directly in your, in your pods. And that's either by uh, passing through just simple command, especially if you just want to make sure that uh, a file was created. If you are creating a log file or writing something into a log file, it may be easier to just pass through one command just to make sure that location exists and the file is updated or if you need to do more troubleshooting and you need to run more commands, then you can always use the interactive shell. Um, so that's pretty much it for troubleshooting. Um, just few uh, last bits that uh, I've mentioned, but I would like to repeat. So very important for the exam is Again, make sure you are in the correct context, especially when you are doing these troubleshootings, because whether you're troubleshooting nodes, you need to be sure that you are in the correct cluster. If you're troubleshooting pods, obviously, if you're in wrong context, um, it, the pods may not exist. Uh, you're also, if you need to save any information to files, they give you specific locations. Um, you need to be able to get to the location. <clears throat> so just make sure. Um, what I would recommend is, as I said, you are given a switch context uh, command uh, at the beginning of every task. So just use that. Um, as I've shown you, uh, kubectl cheat sheet is a fantastic resource uh, for the exam. Um, if you are just quickly looking for command contacts, because uh, sometimes you don't remember everything, it's really fast way of, of finding references how to use it. So I would definitely recommend to do this. 
I know a lot of people uh, do bookmarks for the exam, which, uh, which may be helpful. I personally did not do that, but that's just because I find the search function in the documentation to be fast enough. Uh, so I was able to work through it. And then there are a lot of, um, well, my experience and my tips uh, that I have uh, put together and I have shared on my blog. So feel free to go and check that out. And if you have any questions about the exam or experience or need help with anything, I'm, I'm always happy to help. So you can reach out to me on Twitter at uh, Mrs. Brookfield. And again, uh, I apologize for, <laughs> for my voice going and all the coughs uh, and for it being a bit fast, but I've, I've tried to show you all the things you really need to need to know for the exam and just you know give you some last minute uh, tips so i hope that it will be helpful for you no that was great thanks very much cat uh for anybody who might be watching this on youtube after the fact check the description below i'm going to put the links that cat has provided in the description so you can click on them and find the cheat sheet find her blog find her series that's specific to the cka exam and yeah, we're going to link your Twitter in the um, YouTube description as well. So people can reach out anytime they, they want, you know, hey, don't don't DM her folks, make it public because whatever question you might have, somebody else is probably going to have it. And if they see people asking those questions and getting answers online, it's going to help them out as well. So uh, I don't see any questions here in the Q&A here on Zoom. Uh, but yeah, folks, if you have questions, you can always follow up after the fact. And thanks very much, Kat. I'm going to hit stop recording now. Okay, thank you.